When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, the NFL had the chance to do the right thing. I believed that the NFL was going to be on the right side of history for the first time ever. Unfortunately, the NFL did what the NFL does. The impact that they've had on Toronto FC, it's undeniable. I understand that you have to defend your quarterback. I understand that you just can't come out and, you know, say, well, you know, we don't want Deshaun anyways. I understand. I get it. I have to do this because I have to appreciate it. Yes, and we're back. Welcome to Race Sports Rain. Members of the Dean Blundell Network over at DeanBlundell.com. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure that you hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, never miss an episode of Race Sports Rain. If you're listening on the podcast, I appreciate you. Come back Monday through Friday and just uh, listen to guys talk about sports. We like to have fun here. And uh, you can find a whole whack of other sports content over at DeanBlundell.com. I'm the director of sports. I recruit people. We talk about sports. We have a good time. It's a good time. It's Thursday. That means we're going to be talking a little bit about the AFC East. That means I got my boy, Kevin Gerard coming in. A Canadian fucking treasure, by the way, that needs to be protected. At all costs. I don't care what anybody says. He's a Miami Dolphins fan. But he knows his shit. You guys seen uh, Vlad and Bo? Oh my god. Vlad hits number 300 last night. Bo hits number 42 double today. Franchise record. It's going to be on my blog later on. I guess I should also tell you uh, that Kevin and I are now going to be collaborating each and every week and uh, doing an AFC East blog together. We'll talk a little bit more about it. Well, let's, uh, why don't we start the show? I've wasted enough time because it's showtime. Kevin, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm good, good. I like when you were like, no matter what anyone says, and I was like, what are, what is everyone saying? Uh, you know what, just... Buffalo Bills fans want you to trash the Dolphins and they're not listening. No, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. It, it, believe it or not, I want to start with a baseball question. Because off air last week, we were discussing baseball and I found out that you were a Montreal Expos fan, which kind of makes sense because you're from Ottawa and I think there's a lot of crossover between Ottawa and, and Quebec because of your proximity to borders and that type of thing. I'm from Toronto, so we hate everything Quebec. Right. And well, basically everything Ottawa as well. And well, basically everything Canada, we live in our own little bubble here. I hear what people say about us and it's true. We're arrogant and we love it. 
How does it uh, feel to watch Bo? And I'm not saying this arrogantly, but you saw Bo hit number 300 last night, so the youngest player in Blue Jays history. Uh, his father would have been a big part of your fandom, I assume, back in the day with the Expos. What do you think of uh, of young Vladdy? No, it's great. I mean, I've, obviously, I was a huge fan of his father. I mean, his father was a better all-around player, but um, – the you know for hitting and power and stuff like that his son uh he's done really well so i'm rooting for him i saw him i saw him actually hit a home run i went to a jays game this year and they pounded uh i forget i have the photo i'll go look but they pounded whoever they're playing and uh he hit a home run so that means i actually witnessed him and his father hit a home run in person oh that's awesome uh i got a little bit of beef with you now though so you were in toronto and you couldn't hit me up and be like, "Hey, bro, I'm in Toronto. Let's let's go have a drink. Let's go have a beer. I'm in the, I'm in your hood. Let's 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 hang out for ten minutes. Like you're good enough to talk to me virtually, but we can't meet in person. Is that what you're saying? Uh, it was a work uh, thing. I had to go for a leadership conference, so it was like uh, me and uh, all the uh, general managers for all the different hubs across Ontario. We all went to the Jays game together, so. Yeah, well, I go to conferences too, and I know what happens at conferences. I'll be going to one in, in just a few weeks, and um, I meet lots of people who I don't work with at the bars at the conferences. I could have just bumped into you somewhere. Yeah, I went to 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 catch a special flight at some place called the Landing Strip. Um, was it was it was pretty good? It was pretty good. Actually, it was gone, but there was something we had to go somewhere else. Thankfully, the Uber guy knew what we were looking for so <laughs> right um okay so i don't even know where to start because what a wild weekend uh in the nfl in general and i think a wild weekend in the afc uh in the afc east especially yeah. i gotta ask you a question because i've been looking this up and i can't find it maybe you know the answer when is the last time that all four afc east teams won on the same week because like yeah, i always I feel there was a loser somewhere yeah, well, I mean, the Jets are in the division, so most likely. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know the exact time. I mean, what are the Jets have probably won 15 games over the last five years, so, you know, what can you do? But uh, it must must be a while, in all seriousness. There are all four teams to win. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's crazy. It really hit me up. So where do you want to start? I'll give you the start today because I think that – Obviously, it's not going to be Patriots-Steelers, but the other three games, there's a lot of talking points in there. Do you want to start Bills? you want to start Miami? You know what? Let, yeah, yeah, whatever. Or you want to start Jets? We'll talk about last week's games first. What game do you want to start with? We'll start with the Jets. All right, let's um, start with the Jets. Yeah, I was kind of paying a, an, an eye on that, uh, keeping an eye on that one because, you know, I have Nick Chubb in like three, uh, three pools. So... I was watching Nick Chubb touchdown, Nick Chubb touchdown, Nick Chubb touchdown. I was like, oh, it must be a beatdown. And I looked at the score and it was a beatdown. And then all of a sudden I lost, a, wasn't paying attention because Miami was playing at the same time. And next thing I know, the Jets had won. So I have to go back and watch this because um, that's, it's an impressive win for them. I don't think, uh, you know, Cleveland's an offensive juggernaut with Jacoby Brissett at the helm, but that's a really good defense that they have. And I'm curious to watch uh, how they scored all those points. And I saw the highlights. I saw that Garrett Wilson had, looked like he had himself a day. So that's one I got to circle back and watch this week uh, before the next before the next slate of games start. Probably tomorrow, maybe I'll do it. 
So I want to ask you, I'm sure you heard about it by now. Nick Chubb had the opportunity to go down in between, you know, the three and the goal line and basically ice the game. We've seen players do that in the past. Uh, It's hard though, right? I think unless you're instructed as a coach to tell the player to do that, I think to me, it's, it's would be a difficult thing to, to, for a player not to score the touchdown. And I'm sure fantasy owners everywhere were thrilled to watch him run through. I always know when a running back or wide receiver holds up for the goal line, when I just see fantasy people flipping out because they're, you know, they lost out on their touchdown. Uh, If you are Kevin Stefanski, what do you say to Nick Chubb? Are you blaming him for that? Or are you blaming yourself for not having that discussion and making sure that that message was forward? Like, Hey, nobody score here. Let's just run out the clock. Yeah. Well, it depends, right? If he had that conversation, then you got to go at Nick Chubb, even though he's your only offense right now. If you didn't have that conversation, then you got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, that's, you know, a second year head coach mistake. Um, Cause it costs you the game. But I do want to throw one scenario at you that would probably be near and dear to your heart. I think it was either two or three years ago. I think it was 2020. I think it was the COVID year Raiders dolphins and the Raiders get the ball back with very little time left in the game and had the, they were driving the field. I mean, Miami's defense had no answer for them. And John Gruden decided to just kind of kill the clock and they were running it down. I think instead of trying to, pick up a first down they took a knee and then they kicked a field goal and they went up by whatever amount of points six points less than a touchdown and there was like 30 seconds left on the clock or something and ryan fitzpatrick went boom 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 touchdown and the raiders lost and you know i tweeted out this is what happens when you're a coward right i understand what you're trying to do but you couldn't ice the game with what you were doing, you could have tried to get the first down. You didn't have to take a knee. You could have scored a touchdown. Gruden decided to play the clock. The Dolphins punished them back. My father used to always say to me, the Lord hates a coward, right? So I'm going to put it back onto your plate. Should should a, a player's first instinct should be to score, right? Like that should be the first instinct of a, of a player, a team, and a coach. Mm, I have to disagree because I think it's two different situations. I think the first one you you mentioned, like with the Raiders, that's a decision to play cautious. That's a defensive minded decision. That's a, it's a puss move. And they, they should have gone for it and they should have gone for the juggler. Whereas in this case, if Nick Chubb drops, it's, that's a game deciding decision, right? The other one is a, if scenario, if we succeed, then we win. This is, had he done this, they would have won. So I think it's a little bit different. I think that um, in that case, I, I, I understand like you're in, you, you get the ball. There's a bunch of guys flying at you it, to, to forget. It's just instinct. You've your whole life. You've been running for the end zone. So I get it. But that move, if he makes that, if he drops that, the game's over. So I think there's a little bit of a difference between playing like a cowardly decision and making a decision or not making a decision that ultimately costs you the game. What is your overall thoughts on the aggressiveness in the NFL, like going for it on fourth and two and fourth and three, like fourth and two and fourth and three used to be almost an automatic punt. It was like a hell of a decision when a coach would go for it on fourth and two. We're seeing it more and more often. We've seen McDaniel call, uh, go for it on fourth down, playing a little bit more aggressive in Miami, but we've seen it all over the league. Obviously guys like Brandon Staley are making a career out of it. Uh, good or bad John Harbaugh going for it on fourth down instead of tying up the game with field goals and, you know, going for two points. What do you think of this new aggressive NFL? 
I, I know as a fan, it can be exciting, but I want to ask what I guess my question is, is like as a pure football analyst and an analytic guy, and this is who you are, and I don't mean like following analytics, but you're like a pure, this is your purist, you're a football purist. How do you feel about the new aggressive NFL? I think it's just a byproduct of the analytics, right? So I think that they've run all the compiled the stats and they and now coaches have like an analytics guy usually or at least someone on the staff that's in charge of that stuff that can quickly relay these statistics to them. So when they're him and Han, you're correct. In the old days, even if it was fourth and like one, if you didn't, you might get the odd QB sneak, but it was law almost that you stop them on third down, they're punting. And I think the analytics now are telling them, hey, look at the percentages. Like, um, you know, it's, you know, whatever percent if we go for from this down in distance. And I think that's kind of encouraging the coaches to go for it more. And then, of course, success breeds, you know, uh, copycats. So I think you see it more and more. McDaniel went for it again on fourth down. Although, you know, um, what's his name? Harbaugh is under a little bit of criticism because he went for it on fourth down and he got stopped um, when he could have punted. So you know, you're only right if, if you succeeds, if it failed, then you made the wrong decision. If it works, you made the right decision. So, um, but I like it. I think, like I said, I think it's, it's definitely a byproduct of the analytic uh, invaded sports. I almost just dumped my whole coffee. I'm, I'm just, I have no idea how happy I am right now. I just did the big tip over. No, and it's really funny to me because I think back to, I can't even remember the year now. It could have been 2009, 2010, maybe even earlier to be honest. No, probably earlier. And, it, you know, Patriots, Colts, and the, the the Patriots defense couldn't stop Peyton Manning all night. Fourth and two, the Patriots go for it. They don't get it. They did get it, by the way, but they don't get it. They don't get it awarded to them. And uh, he was over the line. They're, it's called forward progress, learn the rules, referees. Uh, Peyton comes back and wins. And Bill Belichick to this day is still answering for that decision. There's still Patriot fans that bring up that decision. And it makes me laugh because I'm like, Brandon Staley does this five times a game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and, you know, he, he uh, Harbaugh basically his, you know, go for two decisions and have basically ruined the Ravens' chance of, of making the playoffs last year because those two games that they're converted into ties and they win in overtime. And I know it's, you know, if they're, you know, if and what's, but they win those two games, they're going to the playoffs, not the Steelers. So it, it just makes me laugh. But let's move on here. Let's talk about your Miami Dolphins, shall we? Uh, Baltimore, speaking of Harbaugh, speaking of of uh, the Baltimore Ravens, mm -hmm. uh, that game seemed over to me. I stopped paying attention. You know, like it just seemed like, you know, okay, you know, the Dolphins, Lamar. Lamar went off last week. The Dolphins, I, I don't want to say struggled, but they didn't look fluid against that Patriots defense. And... All of a sudden, I'm seeing. I gotta admit, I didn't get to watch much football last Sunday. I had a death in the family. We were dealing with that over the weekend. I was kind of just, you know, in and out, in and out, in and out. And all of a sudden, I see my Twitter just ablaze with, you know, what a comeback and Tua, what a comeback and oh my god. And uh, so I did watch the extended highlights of that. But walk me through that game as a like your Dolphins fan. Like, walk me through. How did you feel at the beginning of the third quarter? And and just walk me through. Yeah. Um, the whole game, Miami was kind of moving the ball pretty easily, but they had made some stupid mistakes in the first half. Like Tua had 150 yards passing one touchdown and two picks at halftime. So he was on pace for 300 yards. So it wasn't like they weren't able to move the ball. They just, the first interception he threw bounced off Tyreek's hands. Uh, the Williams picks it off. Second one was just a terrible decision where 
it's near the end of the half. I don't know what he was thinking. It was just, it was brutal, but I think he's just trying to push the ball downfield because there was less than a minute to play in the half. But, um, and then in the second half, they had the ball and they scored on that Gasicki touchdown. So they were moving the ball a bit, but then obviously in the fourth quarter, it, uh, it blew up. So partly because, you know, he decided he was going to throw the ball downfield in the other part because, well, one of the touchdowns was a blown coverage, but um, it was good to see. It was good to see them attacking. So obviously Dolphins fans, very happy. I was, it's funny because I'm watching you on, on Twitter and you're like responding to people's comments and, and you're being logical about it. And then you're like, you know, especially a lot of Bills fans. And then you're just like, Hey, you oh. guys are really good too. Appreciate you, bro. <laughs> you know, oh. Good luck. Like you, you're such like a cordial Twitter guy. Um, but I've seen a lot of Dolphins fans and I saw a comment this week and it was a Dolphins fan that said, uh, the Bills and Dolphins should be flexed because that's going to be the best game of the weekend. Which, when you say things like that, it means that you've got two equal teams that anybody can win that game. It's going to go, you know, it's going to be back and forth. It's probably going to be a shootout because that's going to be the yeah. best game of the weekend. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think that the Dolphins have like, okay, and good. They like, you know, like, but like the bills look like the best team in the NFL right now. And I just, at this point, I'm not comfortable after two weeks after, okay, they moved the ball, but I watched that Patriots game. I think they look good. They didn't look great against the Patriots. I know it's week one. They, you know, they, they're moving the ball, but they're trailing the Baltimore. Then they come back. The Buffalo bills have steamrolled the Rams. They've steamrolled the Titans. Um, do you see this as an equally played game? Well, I think they'll be tied at the beginning of the game, um, <laughs> and then it's going to quickly like go with, down. like with fifteen yeah. minutes on the clock. Yeah, yeah, like uh, you know, probably the first two minutes. Um, then I think it's going to quickly go downhill. As much as I can't stand Buffalo, yeah, you're correct. They look head and shoulders above everyone else. Um, I think Miami can put a better effort in than I'm expecting. Maybe should be somewhere close maybe something in the vicinity of 42 to 10. Um, <laughs> so for Miami, that's great because we put 10 points on the board. It's a step in the right direction, better than the 35 nothing last year. You know, so progress. But, yeah, no, I'm on the same same wavelength. I, I, I just can't see. I see Miami as an improved team. I see Miami as a talented team. I see Miami as uh, having a good shot to, like, be a wild card, like a seven or six seed. Um, but they're going to get pounded this Sunday and it's, it's going to be really, really hard for me to watch. And then of course, every bills fans going to be very gracious about it. Oh yes, absolutely. Cause they're, they've been a very gracious fan base this year. And I apologize mm -hmm. for that. I don't know why I just dropped out of the stream here. Do I seem choppy to you? Does my internet seem okay? Cause it's not, no, it's fine. I thought it was just zooming in on my pain. Um, oh no, I literally yeah. dropped out of the stream. I thought it was like when they pinpoint Milhouse's heartbreaking, or was it Milhouse or Ralph's heart? Yeah. You know, when the Ralph's heart breaks after yes. she next the choo choo choos you. I thought that was basically where we were headed. I'm so happy that you brought a Simpsons reference into this because I hang out with a lot of young people who've like never really watched a Simpsons and it irritates is, me. Is it, off? Believe. is it still on the air? air it's something? still on the air. It's yeah. still in, in new episodes. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Dude, I got Disney Plus just so I could watch the Simpsons. I'm not even oh, kidding yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's talk about the Buffalo Bills. 
Oh no, no. Let's stay on this game. Sorry. Let's. I will talk about what they did to the Titans. I mean, they they crushed them. It, the, they scored forty one points in three quarters. Their starters all sat in the fourth the fourth quarter. The game could have ended sixty to seven. Uh, it looked like it was going to be a good game. Both teams kind of drove the field to start the game, and it's like, okay, wow, it's going to be a shootout, and then it wasn't. But uh, let's talk about Miami for a second because I, I'm writing a blog right now for the website, and I'm saying the only thing that can derail the Buffalo Bills are injuries, and you lose some of your key players. Well, it looks like for this weekend there's a possibility that they could be without Micah Hyde. We know they're going to be without Dane Jackson. They don't have Tredavious White. And I understand they have, you know, a bunch of other people. Their injury report is like 30 people long. I have 15. Mm-hmm. I was exaggerating. Um, if Micah Hyde can't play, if Dane Jackson is out, is this not a game for Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle to just go off on that on that secondary? Micah Hyde would be a big loss. Dane Jackson is what I refer to as a bum. And he runs like a four seven one or something like that. So I actually prefer him on the field because he's so slow. They timed his 40 with a sundial. So I'd rather not see the young athletic rookies like Elam and Benford in as much. I feel a little bit bad because I know he got hurt, but apparently he's okay. So I can say that, but um, he was on the field today. He had a non-contact Jersey, but he was, he was warming up with this. Okay. Okay. We're good. Cause that was brutal to watch. Like, did you see what happened after though? I saw it. Thoughts? Such a non-story. Like the Bills fans were just rolling nuts because I watched it live. You're talking about when the guy, like he moved him, right? To get him off the player. Well, I, were you, you played ball, right? Yeah. So I took exception to it too. And I'm not a Bills fan. Everybody knows I'm New England patron. I took exception to it too, though, because there's an unwritten rule in football. Mm -hmm. When a guy's lying on the ground and his arms are at his chest, and then he was, his arms were like this. When your arms are like that, that's indication to you that it's a neck or head injury, right? And there's an unwritten rule. You don't touch that guy in the ground. Actually, a lot of opposing players will try to protect that guy if a scrimmage starts. No, for for sure. And I agree. But I watched it. I don't know if you saw it live. But when he's live, he just kind of moved him out of the way. He grabbed his guy. And then Bill pushed him. And you could see the Bill points like he's he's effing hurt. And the guy looked down, and you could tell instantly he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize what I did. Like, And he stood there, and he was like – he was contrite instantly. He wasn't like trying to be tough or anything like that. He didn't push back. You could see it in his body language. He was just – he's just an idiot. Like he wasn't – I think he was a stupid move, not a malicious move. You know what I mean? I think that he instantly recognized the situation – and was contrite and was like, and stayed and, and, you know, was did the whole clapping and like, and none of the bills guys did anything after that. So he must've said the right things. You know what I mean? Like yep. if he had said something stupid, then the, probably something else would have happened. But I mean, it's speculation, but to me, that's how it looked like. Like it looked like he knew he made a mistake the second he was pointed out to him. Mistake, mishmake. That's all I'll just say. <laughs> I was not happy with it. And then when I watched it over again, too, and I noticed that he pushed his head, that set me off even more. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I get it. You just you don't touch a guy when he's on the ground, regardless. You know what I mean? There's an unwritten yeah. rule in ball. You don't I, touch people. I know, but you see guys push guys off the pile to pull their own guy out 50 times a game, right? And they it shouldn't happens. do it. And they yeah. shouldn't do yeah. it. And, and shouldn't. As, a, as a former ball player, what position did you play? Wide out. Okay. So... You took hits. You know what I mean? I was a lineman. I was in the trenches. You know what I mean? We weren't these fucking pussy quarterbacks that, you know, hardly get touched, right? It, it was, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just always had, we were taught from a young age, when a guy's on the ground, you don't touch him. No, for sure, for sure. 
All right. Um, let's skip over the Bills game. I analyzed that. It's been analyzed to death. We talked Bills, uh, Bills and Page or Bills and Dolphins for this weekend. I, I want. I don't even think the Bills fans are talking about their game. I don't know if you've been on Twitter. The Bills fans don't give two craps about their own game. All they're doing is trying to pull Tua down. Every single Bills guy I know is just like tweeting about the Dolphins. It's nonstop. I think they forgot they even played. They're more interested in telling you how Tua's 470-yard, six-touchdown game was not a good game than they are uh, reveling in their own victory. It's really weird. So let's talk Tua, okay? Let's talk Tua versus Mac Jones. Because I think that you and I both knew that going into this season, it was going to be the battle of second and third. Like we, yeah. we, we knew that the Patriots or the Dolphins weren't going to be challenging the Bills for the top of the AFC East. It was going to be who's going to come second, and can one of those two teams make the playoffs with that record? Right. That yeah. was the that was the discussion. After what you've seen out of the Dolphins, and I know the Patriots and the Dolphins played. Mac Jones had a much better game against the Steelers. I think the Dolphins, from what I've seen, had a much better game against Baltimore. I don't think both teams – I walked away from that, that honestly, from that Dolphins-Patriots game and went, oh, they, they both look bad. You know what I mean? Like, they both look like there's problems. Dolphins may be a little bit better. Do you see this as a battle, or do you see this as a clear Dolphins second, Patriots third? I think the Dolphins are better than the Patriots, yeah. I think that um, they're built similarly. I think that their quarterbacks have similarities. I think that uh, the Dolphins' wideouts are much better, but the but your running backs are pro- are better. You know what I mean? Like, but your offensive line overall is probably better. But where I think the difference is is that other than some like Barmore and Judon, there's no stars. And and I even like you, Shaq Kyle Duggar. You got to put Duggar in that conversation now too. But is Duggar on? I, would I take him over Javon Holland? No. Um, but you could call him a star though. He, you said there's no stars. I think Duggar is turning into a star. I think he maybe is. me like I I'll agree that he's on the road. I'll agree that he's on the path, and I'll agree that he can get there, and his potential is is vast. I okay. will agree. I'm just saying established, right? So I think the difference is, and keep in mind, if anyone knows about no stars, it's Miami fans. But now we have you know Armstead left tackle. You have Tyreek. You have G, uh, Xavier Howard. You know, so I think that that's kind of um, that's the I think that's the separating factor between the two. When we played in week one, I thought my defense handled yours pretty well because they're kind of used to it. It's you know, it's the New England principles versus the New England kind of offense. I know it's they've all had some subtle changes, but Boyer's gone up against that offense for years or at least a close variation of it. Um so, like, in general, the Patriots can probably beat some teams that the Dolphins can't and vice versa, just based on matchups. But I just feel like Miami's got more explosiveness on offense, and the defense is probably equally as good, if not slightly in Miami's favor. So the Patriots took Mac Jones in the 2021 draft, 15th overall. The Dolphins took Tua in the 2020 draft, 4th overall, I believe, right? Was it 4th overall uh, they took him? 5th, yeah, sorry. Yeah. And then Herbert was 6th. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. There's another guy that went in 2022. There was another guy that went in 2020 and he was a second rounder who's playing out in Philly. Yeah. And he was a guy that I really wanted the Patriots to draft. I was begging for Jalen hurts to be a new England Patriot. Three Alabama boys. I know one finished with Georgia. 
one took the job from from the other one and you know one succeeded so big connection there all nick saban guys out of the three alabama quarterbacks and what we've seen in their careers and i know they're all starting at different points or whatever right now in the nfl who's the better of the three quarterback who's the best rate the three rank the three alabama boys Coming into this year, I would have taken Tua Jones Hurts because I always thought Hurts was trash as a passer. Thought he was brutal last year. Thought he was a liability when he had to throw the ball. I thought he was a run first guy who was pretty good runner. But I thought that if he ever pulled a hamstring or something, he'd be useless. This year, they've got him some weapons. His offensive line's a little healthy. Devontae Smith has taken a step forward. And he's taking big strides. So I can't say that anymore. Um, Right now, it's tough because he had that big game against the Vikings, but then Tua just had that big game. I'll give it to Hertz because Hertz was better in week one. So right now, it's it's I would kind of flip it and Hertz would be one. I'd give Tua two. I'd give Mac three. But I think at the end of the day, they're all very close. I think Tua, I think Jones is the smartest and the best at reading defenses and going through his progressions. I think that Hertz is the easily the most athletic. And I think that Tua is kind of in between the two. He's got he's much more mobile than Mac at just avoiding the rush and getting around things and like, you know, that sort of stuff. And he's more accurate than Hertz. Um, I watched Hertz last year. I remember that brutal uh, game against the Giants and stuff like that. So, but Hertz has come a long way. So let's see. Uh, you know, who we'll see how the seed's been two weeks in. Let's check back like week eight and see if they're still on the same trajectory. But I mean, the three of them are pretty close. I'm gonna try to make note of that because I'd love for us to relook at this week eight and then like week 17. You know yeah. what I mean? Like just let's look at the progressions throughout the year. Okay, I'm gonna go out of the AFCs for this one question. And then we'll we'll wrap it up with some predictions. If I told you before the season started, hey, going into week three, the New York Giants were going to be 2-0 and and the Cincinnati Bengals were going to be 0-3 and, and Joe Burrow's going to throw like 75 interceptions in the first two weeks and Daniel Jones is going to look half decent, what would you say? Yeah, that's unbelievable. And it's funny that I'm surprised Burrow hasn't come under more fire. If Herbert or Tua had done that, oh, man. But uh, I guess that's what happens. You go to a Super Bowl, you get credibility, right? So, um, but he's been piss poor this year. Um, and a lot of these sacks are, are I attribute to him. And actually, he came out and attributed it to him. But yeah, it's very surprising. Daniel Jones, uh, yeah, it, that's a, I like the Bill O'Brien offense. You and I have watched it destroy our defenses for the last few years in Buffalo. Um, they have a better cohesive plan of attack. Saquon Barkley looks a little looks healthy again. Um, they actually have a nice wide receiver core uh, with Wandale Robinson and what's his name from Florida that they took in the first round there a couple of years ago. And um, I like uh, Slayton. I think he's not bad. I think Shepard's pretty good, you know. And then you still have uh, the twenty million dollar man uh, Galladay sitting on the sideline taking five snaps. But um, yeah, it's shocking. My brother's a huge Giants fan, so I always keep a close eye on them. I I thought they were going to be brutal, but and, we'll and don't don't get upset with the most expensive cheerleader in the NFL. Okay, like let's just. Well, and it's funny. For him. Yeah, thankfully for him. Otherwise, Nelson Aguilar would be the worst contract in the NFL. But did, uh, did you see his catch? Did you see his yeah, catch on Sunday? 
It was a nice catch. It was a nice catch. That was an interception. You know, that was pretty good. I didn't know alligators could stretch that far, but um, (laughs) I'll never forget that guy. You know, the guy in the news report. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Aguilar. (laughs) It was so good. All right. Let's get into some predictions. We got to wrap this up here. We're going to finish with the bills and dolphins. Let's start. The Baltimore Ravens, which Miami beat last week, mm-hmm. visiting Gillette Stadium. They're two and a half point favorites. The Ravens are. Uh, let's start with the straight up and then give me the points on two and a half. Who are you taking? Ravens, Patriots. Take the Ravens and I take the points. That's pretty easy. It's a field goal, right? Um, yeah. I'm probably going to agree with you. I don't see I don't see a scenario that the Patriots, if the Patriots beat the Ravens this week, it's going to be interesting because is it going to be more indicative of, hey, maybe we can't sleep on these Patriots, or is mm-hmm. it going to be, hey, maybe we need to ask a few more questions about this Baltimore team, right? Like it's so it's it's an interesting week for both teams because the Patriots could the the results could really affect a lot of narrative next week. Yeah, I think this could be a big game for if I was the Patriots, this could be a big game for Jabril Peppers, either him or Duggar. I would have as the spy on Lamar. I'd run a lot of three safety looks and basically have one of them play almost as a pseudo linebacker, which Duggar does a lot anyways. And I would have one of them spy Lamar because both of them are are athletic enough to do it. I would probably go Peppers just because he's got a bit more speed on yeah. Duggar, and and Duggar plays more. Duggar plays more of like an inside linebacker role, <laughs> you know, yeah. as a safety. So, yeah. all right, let's go on to this. The Cincinnati Bengals are visiting the New York Jets. The zero and two Bengals facing the one and one Jets. One no, yeah, one and one Jets. One and one Jets, and the Bengals are six point favorites for that game. So who are you taking straight up, and what are you doing with the points? I'm going to take the Bengals because I can't see them going 0-3. And I think I, I'll i take the Jets with the points. So you think it's going to be like a three-point game? Yeah, I, I'm going to be extremely interested to see if, uh, uh, what's his name, the corner, uh, the rookie, follows Jamar Chase around uh, from Louisville. What, who, why can't I think of his name? Uh, what's his name? Yeah, I know, and he's got, a, he's got a stupid nickname too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm very, I'm very interested to see that because I watched their game against uh, Baltimore, who's on a weird. Do you see Baltimore's first four games? It's Jets, Dolphins, Patriots, Bills. So they, they played the, the whole AFC East right off the off. first four weeks. Yeah, that's terrible. I mean, like yeah. uh, Sauce, Sauce, Sauce Gardner, Sauce Gardner. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be interesting. So I, yeah, I take the Bengals to win, but I'll take the Jets with the points. Defense looks good. All right. And now the big one that I'm sure you're going to have the the biggest eye on Buffalo Bills visiting the Miami Dolphins. I saw planes and planes and planes leaving Buffalo today to go hang out in South Beach for a little bit before uh, going to Hard Rock. They are expecting a lot of Bills Mafia in that stadium. However, there's been cries from Dolphin fans to get there early and be loud and It'll be interesting to see the five and a half point favorite Bills taking on the Miami Dolphins. Who are you taking straight up? Who are you taking on the points? You already said it's going to be 42 to seven, yeah. but let's see what you say. <laughs> I'll take the Bills to win the game. And I'll take their probably take their 25 and a half point spread. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be again. It's going to be a beating. 
I got less confidence weeks. Initially, I was bold and I predicted a 38 to 10 Bills win, but now I'm going with 41. If the Dolphins pull it off and they just beat them, you know what I mean? Like nothing crazy, nothing, nothing. They just beat them. Are you going to be like, am I going to have to mute you next week? No. Um, I've already, I've already, just so you know, I've already made a deal that if they win, Rico has me on his post game show. Oh, yeah. So I'm gonna. That'll be interesting, but it's not gonna happen. But if it please, does, if it does, please send me the link because I just yeah. want to watch it. I just yeah. want to watch it all day. All right, Kevin. Um, I guess I I mentioned at the beginning, but we'll say it again. So Kevin and I are now collaborating. Every the article will go out on Friday. We do the podcast on Thursday. We're collaborating on a blog every Friday where uh, I send Kevin some four AFC East questions. He gives me answers the only way Kevin can. Um, I asked him a question, about, but we won't tell you the answer, but I asked him a question about Bill's home field advantage, and uh, I almost spit my coffee out. I was laughing as I was reading it. So good for you on that one. Um, happy to have you as a part of the network doing this with me. I appreciate you. We'll be doing this for at least this season. And then we'll talk at the end of the year, whether Kevin wants to continue on or what we want to do, but I appreciate you, but tell the people where they can find you. Clearly you're obviously now just a part of Buffalo fanatics. Cause you're, you're on there more than the Buffalo fanatics guys are, but, uh, tell the people where they can find you, what you do, all that kind of fun stuff. Well, you can see, uh, the at Kevin Gerard 13. That's my Twitter mm -hmm. handle. That's pretty much where you'll find me. Like, uh, uh, I get kind of popular with Bill's groups around uh, Dolphins week. So you'll see me pop up on like, uh, yeah, Buffalo Fanatics. I've done uh, some shows with some of the other guys like uh, from, you know, uh, cover one they're with now, but stuff like that. So, um, but uh, yeah, pretty much on Twitter. That's, you know, that's what Twitter's for. It's for talking sports and, uh, and uh, you know, watching the trash talk and the really bad takes. I thought Twitter was to talk about politics and uh, religion. That That's what I thought Twitter was for. Well, I find that and both those topics always lead to intelligent discussion and no one overreacts. Yes. I, that's what I love about Twitter the most is that it's always a rational debate between people and people can just agree to disagree and walk away. Nobody's upset. Nobody's nothing. You know? It's yeah. Great. I'll be like, I, I have the, I lean towards enjoying chocolate chip cookies and you're going to get blasted. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I've, I tweeted something out. I'll read it. And I'm telling you, like, the, the shitstorm it caused. And I, I don't even know who I offended, right? Yeah. Like, because I offended so many different people. I wrote, I've been vaxxed three times. I could care less if you got the jab. I didn't vote provincial or federal. I don't care who you voted for. Animals are 10,000 times better than humans. I probably don't like you. It's okay. You probably don't like me either. Go fuck yourself. Well, that got shared across the Dean Blundell network and people were just like, people were mad at me, but I wasn't sure yeah. what, where they were mad. Were they mad because I was vaxxed or was they mad because I didn't care that people were vaxxed? Were they mad that I didn't vote? Were they mad that I don't care about their politics? Were they mad that I love animals or was it that I told them to go fuck themselves? Like, I don't know what, what upset them the most. Probably that you love animals. It's a real, uh, it's a real talking point. It is. So yeah, I, I just, that when they shared it and people reacted the way they did, like I thought I was being a man of the people here. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I really, I thought that everybody's going to love me after that tweet. Cause I was like, I fucking, 
I basically told you, I don't give a fuck what you do in life. I just, you know, let's not. Yeah. And, and I had the left mad at me. I had the right mad at me. I had this and people come to me and they're like, Oh, you fucking liberal. Are you fucking conservative? I'm like, I don't vote. I'm like, <laughs> read the tweet. <laughs> yes. How the fuck can you? Yeah. <laughs> like, I have no political allegiance. I hate them all. Every yeah. single one equally. All right. I appreciate you, dude. Uh, we'll see you next week, man. Sounds good, buddy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is Kevin Gerard, my buddy, my man, my guy, Mr. Canada himself. He's a fucking treasure. Uh oh. Well, that music means it's time to go. And uh, I'm late again. Fuck it. I'm the director of sports. What the fuck are you going to do to me, right? Am I going to fire myself? Dean Blundell got a trend last week going saying hashtag Dean must go. So good for him. I wish Dean would fire me some days. Just let me be me. Maybe I'll start a political show. And I'll just give my opinion on political leaders. I don't know political leaders' names either, because I'll just make shit up. I'll be like, hey, did you hear old McDonald fucking hates white eggs? I'm going to tweet that tonight. I'm going to say, I hate white eggs. I only eat brown ones. I'm going to see what people say. Just to see what the reaction will be. I love y'all. Fuck politics. Love sports. That's the way to live life. Have fun, people. Too many of you are angry in life. Just be happy. And while you're being happy, hit the like button, subscribe, all that kind of good stuff. You know what I mean? Download the podcast, Race Sports Rant. Find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Castro, your mom's podcast, your dad's podcast, all those major podcasts and non-major podcasts there. You can also find it on DeanBlundell.com. Tons of podcasts on DeanBlundell.com. Sports, politics, fucking entertainment, guys talking shit, all of that. You'll have a good time. Enjoy football this Sunday. I'll be back with you tomorrow to wrap up this week. And uh, until next time, never forget, you're all legit, kid. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.